Uh, one benefit of CBRS that I didn't mention is we can actually support um, existing Wi-Fi capabilities, uh, include Wi-Fi systems, Bluetooth wireless, uh, LoRaWAN capability. So we can either deploy CBRS devices that are hanging directly off our, our solution, our private network solution, or we can actually support the existing capabilities and devices that customers currently have, and that's a big advantage. And again, that comes inherent with having a complete end-to-end -end solution as opposed to just the core capability. Welcome to GXC's Monday Meshup, a podcast that gives you an inside look at GXC, our private cellular network platform, GXC Onyx, and the latest company news to enable a world where enterprises can trust wireless connectivity to be simple. Today, our host, GXC's Marco Hernandez, talks to Mike Henderson, GXC's Chief of Revenue, to discuss what differentiates GXC Onyx from other private network offerings. They explore several use cases, our main target verticals, and a key component in our go-to-market strategy. Hello, this is Marco Hernandez with the GXC Meshup Podcast. Today I'm joined with Mike Henderson, uh, Chief Revenue Officer of at GXC. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Marco. Can you tell us, give us a little bit of background about yourself, Mike? Sure. Uh, over 30 years in the uh, telecommunications and software industry, joined GXC recently, just last July. Uh, experience previously with CSG in Denver, as well as uh, Telcordia, as well as ADC, a whole variety of uh, different companies. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're uh, pretty excited to talk about some some cool subjects today. GXC is going to be attending the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I obviously wanted to ask you a few questions around this and, um, you know, the organization as a whole. Uh, so what is the significance of the show? What do you hope to accomplish? And most importantly, Mike, how much paella do you think you're going to be eating uh, during this trip? <laughs> Probably too much. Um, but no, it's a valuable opportunity. I've been to Mobile World Congress before, uh, meeting with customers and partners as well as industry analysts, and everybody happens to be there at the same time. Uh, so we've already got about 20 meetings scheduled, and uh, we've got a few more to, uh, to get confirmed, but otherwise it should be a real productive event. That's phenomenal. And I know, uh, obviously, GXC provides a private 5G solution for enterprise customers, but how does the company's technology differ from other competing private 5G offerings? Well, Marco, a great question. There's a, a few ways it differs. First, it was built for enterprise customers directly from the ground up, uh, meaning a lot of the complexity you find in carrier grade uh, types of private networking has been eliminated. So it's easy to use and can readily integrate with your existing enterprise applications. Um, secondly, it's end to end. So we provide not only the core, but also the RAN integrates with the core. So you've got one throat to choke, uh, to use a, a phrase uh, pretty, pretty common with customers. It's also got patented cellular mesh, and this is a, a technology that allows for the deployment of uh, radio nodes uh, with power only, no backhaul required, no fiber, no cat, um, cat five, uh, et cetera. And that actually improves the total cost of ownership because it's less expensive than having to do backhaul. And of course, the time to implement because you're not drilling through walls, et cetera. It's also got an extensive set of APIs uh, as I mentioned, so we can integrate readily with your existing enterprise systems. 
Um, it's got a single pane of glass, so we've actually integrated the provisioning and running of the network with all the uh, network access or network management systems, and that includes SAS, synchronization, et cetera. And finally, while we're, we currently have a 4G core running LTE and private networks, uh, we're developing and have developed and will soon be productizing a 5G capability, which we've actually um, developed in concert with the Linux Foundation, as well as the federal government as part of NIWIC, which is the Navy, um, Navy uh, space. Um, and this will have a 4G, 5G core that we can simultaneously run both 4G slash LTE devices as well as 5G devices when they're available. Well, that's quite the suite of, uh, you know, uh, unique differentiators that, that GXC has. I did want to kind of touch on on one there. Uh, you mentioned that uh, a full end-to-end system. Uh, what is I, I've seen in my experience that a lot of these companies are are taking different elements of CBRS and putting them together. What what's what's some problems that you may see by by doing that, not having a full end-to-end solution? Well, um, first of all, when it comes to running or administrating the system through the portal or through the core, uh, you're doing swivel chairs. So you've got one um, set of um, capabilities to actually manage the provisioning of the system and downloading of content, et cetera. And you've got a swivel chair at the network management system, which is completely separate, uh, and that causes uh, some major issues. Uh, one benefit of CBRS that I didn't mention is we can actually support um, existing Wi-Fi capabilities, uh, including Wi-Fi systems, Bluetooth wireless, uh, LoRaWAN capability. So we can either deploy CBRS devices that are hanging directly off our, our solution, our private network solution, or we can actually support the existing capabilities and devices that customers currently have, and that's a big advantage. And again, that comes inherent with having a complete end-to-end solution as opposed to just the core capability. Thank you for that clarification. Now, I know uh, private 5G networks have been gaining a lot of popularity to support mission-critical or business-critical communications in non-office settings such as warehousings, factories, and airports and large venues. But why is is private 5G preferable in these environments? And, you know, before you answer that, this term business-critical and mission-critical is thrown out quite a bit. Would you mind explaining what what that means to you before answering that? Of course, yeah. We view business critical as the applications that run in the background. So I'll differentiate for you. Customer experience applications, and I'll use the example of a stadium, would be you're a, um, attending to a baseball game, for example. You're using your phone or your, or your iPad, wherever, to exchange videos or to make phone calls, etc. And that's actually taking advantage of the customer experience. What's not being addressed fully is all the, I'll call them back office or business critical applications and that would be linking the point of sale systems that are very common with uh, retail venues back to the centralized uh, ticketing system, which actually consolidates all the receipts. Um, also, all the security at these different stadiums with cameras and camera feeds. Those are considered business critical. If you have a lot of people using Wi-Fi for customer experience applications, that tends to create a lot of interference. It makes the downloading of receipts, et cetera, um, to the collection points, extremely difficult or impossible. And a lot of the uh, venue operators um, actually pay for their space based upon the receipts that get collected and the revenue they generate from their uh, point of sale systems. So it becomes really problematic. So essentially, they're missing out on revenue uh, if they don't have a dedicated private network or way to collect these receipts or anything like that. 
That's correct, because the, the difference is in Wi-Fi, again, has a lot of good uses, and we're not suggesting Wi-Fi be replaced, but simply augmented by cellular, because cellular has got dedicated channels. Um, it doesn't have the interference characteristics that Wi-Fi does. It's generally safer in terms of cybersecurity uh, with a lot of encryption, for example, uh, and there's much better throughput, much faster um, speeds, less latency, and higher bandwidth. So, Mike, why why wouldn't somebody just essentially work with a carrier and bring in public five G into their into their venue or something like that? Why why private versus versus something like uh, versus public? Well, private's got one big differentiator: it allows you to maintain and keep your data and consolidate analytics. Whereas, if you're running off a public network, the public network providers, um, mobile network operators, generally keep the data, or they send it to you uh, subsequent to transactions in big, huge files and stored in gigabyte drives. It's very difficult to get access to it and actually to run and provide value to the network. So you're saying with a with a private network, you're essentially able to keep and maintain this uh, this this data on premises. Uh, and make use of it instead of it going to to a public cloud. Is that am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. And you're also able to integrate it with existing enterprise systems that you may have for collecting and analyzing data. So, for example, CIOs today have wireline systems they run and manage. They've got Wi-Fi systems they run and manage. And what they'd like to do is take advantage of the same sort of capabilities in integrating a cellular system, private network system, so they can use their data warehouses and all the tools and the applications they currently use with those two systems. Interesting, interesting. And and what I'm hearing here, Mike, is that you're not necessarily saying that we need to replace Wi-Fi. You're saying that that private 5G or private cellular can coexist with, with Wi-Fi in the same space. Is that is that right? That's correct. And I'll give you another example, too. For example, in uh, industrial warehouses where you've got uh, forklifts and pallets and a lot of scanning going on to actually track inventory going in and inventory going out, um, generally done by uh, Wi-Fi scanners, and the Wi-Fi coverage is de minimis compared to what it could be for cellular. Um, also, too, there's a lot of interference that gets created, so you've got large pallets of goods that get delivered. The scanning doesn't always work. You're not sure what inventory you've got. In Lily, you've got to have the forklifts pull the inventory back out of the pallets, back out to have them rescanned. Um, whereas if you had a private network, you can take advantage of hooking the existing Wi-Fi um, scanners to the, your private network and use your private network as a backbone that increases your coverage and increases or decreases, excuse me, the uh, interference that the Wi-Fi scanners currently have today. Very nice. So I've, I've heard a lot about warehousing and logistics Are there and, and venues. Are there any other specific uh, vertical markets or anything that, that uh, GXC is, is pursuing here? Yeah, there's a few. And um, perhaps the one that's gotten the most traction for us recently is smart agriculture. Uh, and there's a lot going on with deploying our networks outside where there doesn't have to be cellular coverage, um, as well as other verticals, too, including uh, venues that I mentioned, um, including industrial manufacturing, uh, including airports, ports, terminals, and, of course, energy. So while we, uh, while we can actually address every industry vertical, we're focused on the six, um, including warehousing. Yep. GXC is a U.S.-based company, but are they going to be able to, to serve uh, global customers? We're going to Barcelona as an organization. You know, is that somewhere, is Europe a place that we're going to be able to serve or how about the Middle East or other markets? Yeah, absolutely. Um, great question. So the solution we developed is frequency agnostic. So while it's CBRS, which is the band that's been allocated by the FCC in the U.S., 
there's other bands globally that we can support. Uh, and that's, uh, that's part of the architecture for the product. And right now we've signed up in our discussions with uh, future prospects that are global multinational companies where they've got a presence in Europe, Latin America, and Asia, um, and other geographies like, like Africa. So they're counting on us and we've assured them through a lot of due diligence that we can actually support them and support their growth over time. So would you say uh, the, the, the company is then actively recruiting international channel partners? Uh, we are. We, uh, in fact, at Barcelona, we're meeting with a lot of um, global systems integrators, for example. Uh, and part of the prerequisite they have in terms of engaging with them, and we're actively engaged right now, is we've got to be global players because they have business in the U.S., three-quarters of the uh, C-band business in the U.S. because it's an easy place to trial because the frequency is no charge. But they have aspirations with their enterprise customers to be global players, which they currently are, and they expect to be able to take our private networks with them. We've talked a lot about partners and whatnot. Why is that such an important and key component for, for GXE's go-to-market strategy? So uh, over time, we expect to have 80 to 90% of our revenue through partners because the partners have got geographic-based locations that we've already talked about. They have expertise in specific industry verticals that we're focused on. And they have the resources to do the installation work, do the managed services work, and do the systems integration work. So we're trying to be very disciplined and very focused. We're a great private network solutions provider. We can add third-party applications to actually add some value. But we don't do installation that's done by certified installers. We don't do managed services. And we don't do systems integration, although we have extensive APIs, which are fully documented. So we're sticking to our knitting, and the partners have a variety of ways to leverage their existing resources um, where they can actually make money on. So a win-win situation for both us and, and partners. That's correct. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. And, and Mike, do, do, you have, uh, do we have any timelines on when GXE will be entering Europe or, or other markets? Yeah, with, uh, with one of our customers right now, we'll be entering uh, Europe as early as uh, fourth quarter this year that they would like us to uh, deploy POCs, proof of concepts, because um, the customers we're talking to in large part are actually trying to validate use cases so they can know that there's business benefits when they start full deployments with us. Awesome. Well, Mike, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, as always, where, where can pers prospective partners or customers find out more about GXE? Uh, well, there's a, a couple of general ways. One, they can go on our website. That's www.gxc.io. Or they can send us an email at uh, sale at gxc.io. Or they can call our, our, our number, and that's uh, country code 1-512-842-9515. Wonderful. Well, Mike, always a pleasure. Great talking to you and uh, nothing but exciting things coming down the pipe. Likewise. Thanks, Marco. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for joining us at GXC's Monday Meshup. Be sure to stay tuned for more conversations.